We're joined now by Steve Brewer, the president of People's Company, talking to you, Steve, the day after the Land Expo, where you had to deal with something that you haven't really had to do in all of these years you've been doing this, and that's a big snowstorm. What was going through your head? Yeah, Dave, I I appreciate that. It was uh, it was a little stressful this year. Uh, we've we've hosted the event for 17 years, and we've had we've had some flurries, we've had some cold temperature, but I think they they ended up calling this a record record snow event for Des Moines. And so uh, we we have a lot of guests that were flying in from out of town, and and then a lot of folks that travel in throughout the Midwest to the event. And so we were we were nervous about it, but. Um, part of part of the benefit of going through this similar kind of thing in COVID is that we'd set up a great virtual platform for the event, and so we were able to get a lot of folks in town a couple of days early. Uh, all of our speakers, with the exception of Undersecretary Robert Bonney, made it in, and uh, so we were able to pull it off. We I think we served over 650 lunches. Um, so we, we ended up getting several people who braved the storm and got out. And then um, the, the virtual side of things, I think we had 800 folks uh, watching the expo virtually. So we pulled it off. But yeah, there's a little anxiety there. What goes into putting together the speakers for this? You have a couple of dozen people who end up speaking either in one of the main sessions or one of the breakout rooms. How do you decide year to year what the topics are? Yeah, that's that's uh, always an uh, interesting process. You know, we try to bring in folks that maybe you otherwise wouldn't have had an opportunity to hear that aren't on the normal traveling circuits for agriculture. Uh, so we try to bring in a, a big name uh, that's a household name but has some sort of tie to agriculture or farmland. And then we try to bring in, you know, somebody that is an economist, somebody that's got more of a geopolitical view of the world. Uh, maybe some policy folks. Um, this year we tackled foreign uh, farmland ownership and had a panel on that. And, you know, what we do is we just kind of pay attention um, of what what's happening in the industry. And as we get closer to the event, we continue to just kind of hone in on what we want to have um, as, as keynote speakers. But it's it's definitely a process. You know, we've we've set the date for the 2025 Land Expo, and we're already working on lining up speakers for that event. So it's a, it's a, it's a, a year long event uh, planning it. Some of these events go on at the same time. Uh, so you can't get into every one of them, but clearly you got to listen to the bulk of them. What you're, you're involved in a variety of different industries across the agriculture and real estate spaces. And I'm curious what you personally learned from some of these experts you brought in. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's probably as much about what you learn just networking with people at the event, and you know the the, the speakers are, you know, sometimes they're inspirational, and 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 you know you just pick up a few tidbits. But we we actually host some dinners and spend some time with the folks, uh, and and you get to know them personally, and and so learning more about them. Uh, you know, last night we were able to, to um, have have uh, some drinks with uh, Esther Esther George and Tom Honig from the Kansas City Fed, and and so when you can get into some of those sidebar conversations and and ask some questions that um, you you know maybe they wouldn't answer the same way in front of a room full of people, um, that's that's when you can really pick up some some interesting tidbits. And with those two in particular, you're talking about decades of experience 
in financial policy. So as we've now begun 2024, that means you survived 2023 with higher inflation rates than ever anybody wants, higher interest rates than anybody wants. So as now the calendar is churned, has turned, what, do, what are you looking for and how do you assess where things stand right now? Yeah, so, you know, Tom uh, was, was fascinating to talk to. He, he uh, was the Kansas City Federal Reserve President going back to the 1980s. Uh, he served under Paul Volcker, uh, then he served under um, Alan Greenspan, and then under Ben Bernanke. And so he, he, he really saw it all and, and uh, resided over the Kansas City Fed during the, the 80s farm crisis. Um, and then Esther George served as the, the president during the COVID years. And so, you know, that perspective going back to the, the early 80s and through COVID um, when talking to them, I think they're really concerned about monetary policy in the United States, rightfully so. Uh, you know, inflation uh, is a big issue in, in our world. Um, you know, prices of commodities um, inflate and farmland inflates, but then when they come in behind that with higher interest rates, then that could have a negative impact on on farmland values and other real estate values. And so 2023, we did. We lived through the the interest rates um, rising on, a, on unprecedented levels um, to, to offset inflation. And now as we head into 2024, we're, we're hoping there's some stability there that interest rates are maybe done um, going up. I know there's talks of a, a rate cut or two. Um, so that's that's really what we're keeping our eye on. And we're, we're, we're struggling with that because if you're using debt to acquire farmland, you know, returns for Iowa farms are two and a half to three. And, and if you're paying 8% for your money and you're getting two and a half uh, or three back, you, you don't have to be real smart to know that math doesn't work real well. And on the on the other side of it, if, if you're an investor buying farmland, and you can go get a T-bill for five or five and a half versus, you know, farmland at two and a half or three. You've now got an alternative place that you can put your money. So the, the interest rate impacts are, are are scary and they're real. And so we're, we're watching it closely. But so in light of that, does your gut tell you that 24 should be a little easier, even if the Fed doesn't make substantial cuts this year? I, I hope so. I, I think, you know, at the last Fed meeting, they said, hey, you know, anticipate two rate cuts in 2024. And so at a minimum, that that is better than hearing expect rates to go up uh, in 2024. So, you know, I, I think if, if we can stabilize, there's times last year, you didn't know if interest rates were going to 9, 10, 11%. And so I think the consensus view right now is that they're going to remain stable and hopefully come off a little bit. And if that's the case, I think the world will continue to function. You lead a company that has had substantial growth over the last two decades, and it's an industry that has so many variables. And in a lot of cases, there's really nothing that you can do about those, right? So when you are the head of a company with so many employees, depending on the company's success, how do you answer questions when they come to you about, you know, hey, Steve, where are things going this year? What's this going to mean? What's that going to mean? How do you provide those answers? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, we're we're in the transactional business, and so you know, when when the market adjusts, um, transactions tend to slow down, and so we've come off of a 
a couple unprecedented great years with low interest rates and transactional volumes that were at all time highs. And so, um, you know, there is there is some anxiety around the office. You know, the appraisal volume for our firm was down in 2023. Our brokerage volume was down in 2023. And all you can really control is what you can control. And so it doesn't do any good to worry about um, those things that are out of your control. And, and usually um, when, when the market adjusts, it creates a new opportunity somewhere else that you maybe weren't anticipating. And so we're just trying to, to encourage folks to, you know, be positive and, and go hustle. And there's there's deals to get done and transactions to get done. You might just have to change the way you approached it for a few years. And, uh, you know, the, those adjustment periods, I remember in 2008 when the financial crisis hit, um, you know, our firm went six months without completing a real estate transaction. Hmm. And so we've we've lived through some of those environments where, the market just kind of freezes up and it's trying to figure out which way the wind's blowing. And there was a little of that in 2023 when these interest rates really started to move. Um, so yeah, we're just, you know, trying to, to help our team understand that, you know, that it's normal cycles. And when the market adjusts, you got to hunker down. And then when you come out of that, there will be business to be done. Are you noticing certain trends in that particular producers are really struggling with the future of their industries. And I guess I'm thinking of maybe nut producers, just as an example, but in light of that, you know, we're, we're seeing, seeing cases in different states where folks are maybe switching to something else, just completely giving up, whether it's the price return or because of water concerns, what have you. Does that then lead to geographical sections of our country that are more likely to, to see farmland turnover? Are you noticing anything yeah. like that? A little bit, yeah. So we're, you know, we work in about 30 states across the country. And so um, anything from um, apples and wine grapes up in the Pacific Northwest, uh, almonds and pistachios in California, and rice and cotton in the Mississippi Delta, and then, of course, corn and soybeans in the Midwest. And, you know, in the Midwest, it's, it is corn and soybeans, and, and, and farmers had a good year in the Midwest. Prices were generally good, and yields were good, and uh, farmers, farmers are going to make pretty good money, but when you get into some of these other regions, um, you, you know, with inflation on labor and inflation on cost, some of these folks that are direct operating permanent crop assets like almonds and pistachios and wine grapes, uh, those costs kind of outpace maybe the revenue, and so there's some real challenges in some of these uh, permanent crop areas around the country where uh, guys are farming unprofitably and and uh, you know, unlike the Midwest, where maybe you can throttle back on fertilizer, or throttle back on genetics a little bit. Um, when you're managing a permanent crop asset, you got to you got to manage it like you're trying to to squeeze every every ounce of yield out of it because you don't want to permanently damage those those trees, as a for instance. And so, yeah, there's some dislocations, and and that that is what's fun about our business is that you get to have some diversity around what you work on, and and uh, you can kind of move around and adapt where, you know, there things are maybe hot and maybe where things are a little softer and put resources into different things. You mentioned that one of the best parts of the land expo is you get to have these private conversations, private time with some of your key speakers. This year, Drew Bledsoe, the former star quarterback for the New England Patriots, and he later played for the Bills and Cowboys, but primarily known for his success with the Patriots. But in his retired 
life as an athlete. He got into the wine business. That's something that your family's into as well. What kind of conversations do you have in that setting since you both are trying to get into this and find success in that industry? You know, Drew was just a, a really fun guy to spend time with, just a real down-to-earth, you know, Walla Walla, Washington country boy. And, and so it's fun to spend time with him. And he, he actually got into town early enough. We were able to go drive around and look at some properties. He'd never been to Iowa. And, and so you get to spend a little time with guys like that and pick their brain and learn about what they're up to. And, and uh, yeah, he, he, uh, he, he took a successful NFL career and then turned that into a, a successful wine business in Walla Walla. And he's making about 18,000 cases of wine now. And, you know, we shared, shared a lot of notes. We've got a, a vineyard property that's just down the road from, from Drew's place in Walla Walla. And so, um, you know, tried a little of his wine. He tried a little of our stuff and compared notes. And, and uh, it was a lot of fun to, to be able to do that. He revealed a lot about what they do on a day-to-day. And one of them is, sounds like it's you know, perhaps a, a different way to go after this. He was addressing how tough it is to find what's usually temporary labor for what he needs. So instead, his operations have invested in year-round employment for the several dozen employees he has, retirement benefits, health benefits, all of that. Are you noticing anybody else in the industry really getting into this, or is he kind of ahead on this one? He, he's he's definitely ahead. I mean, there's other folks that are, are setting up their own farming operations, and what, what you're talking about is there's a lot of um, labor crews that come in and do seasonal labor work on properties like vineyards, and Drew formed a farming company and made these uh, folks full-time employees versus bringing in the the temporary labor crews uh, for seasonal work and and so it provides um, a lot of stability for their farming operation and provides a lot of stability for the folks that are working within it of course it, it costs more money to do that but I think what Drew was saying is hey if you treat the employees well they're going to treat the the property that they're managing like it's their own and and you're going to get return on that that's hard to hard to pencil when you're when you're putting in a spreadsheet but um it was fun to hear it was fun to hear what he's doing there just one of the fascinating conversations you get to be part of in the land expo uh i would say enjoy the break but we all know that uh, you don't take breaks but uh, we appreciate the time (laughs) oh thanks for thanks for covering it dave